Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast hosted by two lesbians who had totally normal female friendships before they came out. I am your host from the West Coast, Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere that we can touch base every episode about things going on in our lives, in the podcast, or just in the greater Les universe. And the first thing that we want to talk about is our live show in Boston, June 8th at 7 p.m. at WBUR City Space. You can get your tickets at bit.ly slash Live. We are so excited. It is coming up really soon, so make sure you get your tickets. There is no better time to hang out with us than Pride. Boston Pride. So come hang out. If you aren't in Boston and you want other opportunities to hang out, maybe not with us, but with other awesome queer people, we have a ton of our inaugural Les Hangouts happening all across the country. So on June 4th, we have two. One is in Pittsburgh. That one is a trivia night that's going to be at 5801 Video Lounge, and there will also be one in Seattle on June 4th at 3 p.m. at Wayward Coffee. We also have our Les Hangouts in Boston on June 13th at 7 o'clock at Turtle Swamp Brewing Company. I will be there, so I would love to see some of you there. And a Les Hangouts in Duluth, Minnesota, hosted by two of our favorite <laughs> patrons, um, the Evanses. They are going to have a cute Barbie queer picnic on July I 27th. <laughs> I love that so much. And I wish that I could be there. Uh, I'm a little jealous. We also have a bunch of new designs in our store. If you haven't seen, we've been posting a bunch of them lately. We have some new pride designs all over the place. They're amazing. You should go check them out. You can find that at bit.ly slash lesshop. You do not want to miss these. They're amazing. I want to buy them all. Yes. And in the greater Les universe, there has been some amazing gay content coming out lately. I'm just so excited. And I was so lucky to get to see Booksmart already in theaters. It's a new film directed by Olivia Wilde. There is a lesbian lead. One of the best friends is already an out lesbian, but it's a high school lesbian story. It's basically what every straight man has gotten for the past, like, however many years in a teenage rom-com and we finally have one for a lesbian character and she's wonderful and super lovable and yeah i just i really really enjoyed it it was amazing gay representation and i think you should all see it it was so funny 
We also are excited to say that season three of Runaways, as we talk about our awesome queer high school representation, Runaways is now officially in production on season three, which we are very, very excited about and is very on brand for today's episode of the podcast. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 18 of season two. There's something a little bit queer with a very special guest. We are so excited to have Ariella Barrer here today. Hey, Ariella. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. I liked the little intro. You probably know her as Gert from Runaways, uh, and of course, we first fell in love with Ariella as Carmen from our favorite One Day at a Time. Yeah, mine too. (laughs) (laughs) There was a dance that happened that no one can see, but it was delightful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like it was doing the One Day at a Time. Oh, absolutely. That song is playing on an endless loop in my head. Constantly. (laughs) I wish that Carmen made more appearances in One Day at a Time. Yeah, they had actually written like full episodes for me to come back and do. Like I read the scripts and then just it was at the exact same time as Runaway, so it never worked out. But like they even at certain points had like wardrobe and stuff ready for me. Isabella would like send me pictures on set of my like discarded wardrobe with like sad emojis. That's so sad. (laughs) It was so sad. I wanted to go back so badly. Yeah, I feel like there also are so many fans that are big Carmen and Elena shippers. Oh, me too. That was originally going to be a plot line, and then they decided not to, which I respect. Yeah, I mean, but we are here to talk about (laughs) the relationship between Carmen and Elena because... Yeah. It it was obvious it was maybe going to be a plot line because yeah, they're yeah. yeah. They're clearly both like pre-gays. Yeah. Who are who are figuring some stuff out. I think I told this story when we had Isabella on, but there's a lot of queer content out there these days. It's hard to keep up. I have a tiny human to take care of. I don't have that much time. And also, I don't have time for like anything that's not queer these days. So I tend to watch a lot of things knowing what's coming, right? And so one day at a time, I totally started watching because you started seeing a lot of posts and a lot of news about, oh my god, the daughter comes out, and it's great, and she's gay, and, and everyone has to watch it. So I started watching it. I knew Elena was going to come out. Uh, and they introduced Carmen, and I was like, oh my god, it's here, it's happening, I'm so excited. Uh, and then it, it was not, it yeah, was not. a misdirect. Right? It was like, it was a big, t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it, you were a red herring. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was such a tease. And so, but I think there was obviously something about that storyline that probably resonated with a lot of people, yeah. a lot of queer people watching uh, watching that happen. It's funny, a lot of, something I hear, like, all the time is that, like, I keep getting straight roles and then, like, my queer energy just, like, exudes and then people assume <laughs> my character is queer. And it happens with, like, every character I play where there ends up being, like, a huge queer fan base behind the show because there's a lot of, like, LGBT rep in the shows I do. And so it's really funny that everyone always assumes my character is also. I think I think that might have been me. I don't even know if the writers had originally intended for that. And then, and then Are you saying you make shows gayer? Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That is, like, a superpower in and of itself, I do. I will say it is weird that I have, like, the three shows that I am on currently are, like, three really cool, like, LGBT (laughs) rep shows. 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yet you never get to play it yourself. And I'm never queer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of actors have the opposite problem, though, like where they get pigeonholed into, like, that particular role. So, like, at, do you want to play queer? I definitely do. I was up for something recently. I was up for two things recently where I would have played queer. That was most of the reason why I was excited about it. Because <laughs> I will even honestly say one of those scripts was pretty bad. And I still oh, just wanted no. to do it. <laughs> I still just wanted to do it. Because I was like, finally. Yes. Okay, I'm going to write you a one-woman show. It's just you being gay for like four hours. Yeah. It's just like everything Perfect. you could think you've said in your life that was like, <laughs> oh, that was probably what that was when you circle back to it that'll be the show amazing uh, that's amazing one uh, of these yeah, days that is actually really funny one of these days we'll see you we'll see you in a queer role i, I have faith it, yeah. also i have faith in my head that like we might still get a chance to see carmen come out i'm not yes. giving up i i also have high hopes for the show still yes i refuse to believe carmen is not at least by yeah at but least. also it's like in 2019, like, a counterculture teenager is going to be exploring her identity. Like, let it yeah. happen. Just, <laughs> it's a fluid thing. Yes. Well, even with Gert, like, Gert says so many things that, like, yeah. queer women say. Like, so many things. My theory about Gert is that she is someone who, had she not met Chase and fallen in love so young, would have explored her identity. So now that her and Chase are, like, kind of not a thing for a minute, like, maybe it's time. That's what I've been pitching. I've been saying it left and right until someone hears me <laughs> write it down. <laughs> You're just showing up to set in like a giant rainbow onesie, just yeah. being like nothing, nothing. Yeah, I think the writers right are a little sick of me because they'll just get pitches like all day, every day from me, just like pitch. Gert uses a butterfly knife. <laughs> That's the random thing I can think of. <laughs> That's so awesome. I feel like with certain shows, though, people are like, so I don't know if that's your experience with Runaways, where it's like, mm -hmm. well, there already are two gay characters. So like, you couldn't also be gay. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I don't think the writers of the show are like that. I think it's just like the canon of the comics never goes there. So that's yeah. why their brain isn't really going there. But I do definitely feel like I watch so many shows where I'm like, okay, they checked off the box, watch it not really go further than that even though in real life like gay people find each other <laughs> yeah. i've never and in my life packs. met a gay person who is only friends with straight people like those and then they all and then they date the only other gay people they know like no yeah That's it never happens it no. never happens at this point i feel like it's so rare when i meet a truly straight person <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Look, it's 2019. Like, who has the energy to be straight? Because even my, like, straight friends, they, like, you know, say things about, like, you know, but I'd explore this. I'd do this. Like, it's so rare that I meet someone who is, like, I 100% feel no attraction to women. Like, so, sure. so maybe this is our good segue, huh? Yep. Should we, like, yeah. should we dive? Like, it's like we scripted it. I couldn't have written it that well. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <clears throat> Well, let's start with maybe, should we contextualize with Elena and Carmen? Sure. Sure. So I think Elena and Carmen, our argument in this episode is that this is actually a totally commonplace queer experience, is that there is something a little bit queer, as Lydia uh, so aptly points out in the episode, about Elena and Carmen's friendship, right? Elena uh, hasn't actually come out yet, right? Yeah. Carmen is not out at all in the show. Yeah. Although we know. She is she is straight as far as we know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Straight until proven uh, gay. and they have a very very close relationship is that a accurate enough way to phrase that ellie yes (laughs) i feel like ellie wants to say more well i feel like this i'm just gonna get into a rant already (laughs) but hey we've made it 10 um, minutes in you can rant all you want we're fine. fine i do feel like there are intimate female friendships between People who are straight. And then there are intimate female friendships between people who just don't know they're gay yet. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And there's just a, there's a clear difference between those relationships. Yeah. And Carmen and Elena's feels very pre-gay is the (laughs) word I'm going to (laughs) use. Yes. I mean, clearly, I like that because it sounds so much like pre-gaming, and I feel like that's what, it needs to be like a verb. Like, pre-gaying. Like, pre-gay. Oh, they're pre-gaying. She's pre-gaying, yeah. like she's figuring right? it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, Ariella, have you ever had any pre-gay friendships? Oh my god. That was basically all of them. I've never had, like, it's so <laughs> rare that I ever had, like, a close male friend. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I was, it's, it manifested different for me than it did with most of my friends, though, I will say. Because I've never been a very, like, physical person. Most of my connections are very, like, verbal, like, through communication and all that stuff. So it is funny because I always had very intense friendships with one girl at a time in my life. Like, always. Um, (laughs) That's a giveaway. Every single one turned out queer. Uh, Like, my middle school best friend, her and I just reunited. And, like, she's like, yeah, I'm exploring my identity. It's great, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, this all made sense now and then like my best friend after her now identifies as they them they're like incredibly queer they're like a really cool artist and yeah it's like everyone ended up queer somehow and I realized also I had a friend group in high school that we called the gay girl gang even though some people identified as non-binary but we just called it that because everyone (laughs) identified with that being the group title and almost everyone in that group hooked up nice (laughs) not surprising yeah so to clarify, you came out in high school? I like, so what happened with me was like, I realized in ninth grade, there was a lot of like pre-gay behavior because I was on Tumblr and I learned the language pretty quickly. Like I remembered in eighth grade, I was talking to some girl who also turned out to be queer and she was like, you're allowed one girl crush, like one girl celebrity crush. And I was like, oh my God, I can have a girl crush. So I'd like, I was like, Just okay, this girl. is my girl crush right now. And then. Wait, who was it? I don't know. It changed every week. I was like, okay, no, no, this one's the girl crush now. And I just always <laughs> but it's had only one. Girl. Yeah, yeah. I was only allowed one, but I just changed it a lot. Yeah. Um, so that was my thing. And I remembered her and I, I remembered hers were like Kira Knightley, like Kate Winslet, but mine were, we had very different taste. Uh, mine were different. <laughs> mine is still Kira Knightley. My wife makes fun of me all the time for it. It's fine. Kira Knightley? That's funny. I mean, she's like objectively very attractive. True. <laughs> but it's also, it's like, it's such a holdover for me from like high school like yeah i just had such a giant crush on like bend it like becca mara Kara knightley yeah oh yeah early no, yeah. early pirates Kara knightley yeah that's so funny yeah i love a boy haircut Kara knightley i sent a picture um i follow a lot of like film accounts on instagram they posted like old pictures of Kara knightley that looked like um bridget from atypical and so i sent it to her and i was like is that you and she was like the highest compliment <laughs> amazing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel like I remember that. Like, I'm like, can envision what she looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy haircut Karen Knightley was so good. I do remember distinctly the only guys I ever liked were like extremely feminine. 
Like I, I feel that so hard. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is my number one. Well, my first ever celebrity crush was Ezra Miller, which like makes mm. sense because yep. he's like very gender fluid in his presentation, which I'm so about. I always say that when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, yeah, the only guys I like are like non-threatening, feminine boys that I could maybe think are gay and then the only girls I like are most of them (laughs) I have my standards are way less specific for girls yeah it makes sense I get that I feel like I have a really weird celebrity girl crush. I don't know if it's uh-huh. weird, but it's Minnie Driver. That that is the most random yes. person. Like so I random. I That's also not your generation at all. I know. Why? What did you see Minnie Driver in that would have left such an impression? I saw her in this movie called Beautiful. She plays a pageant queen who had a baby. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird movie, but she sang and her voice was gorgeous. And I was like, Minnie Driver, that's my girl. Oh my god. Damn, I'm really trying to remember what crushes I had. I don't... Well, so I also was never, like... I feel like I was the least developed romantically out of my friends. Like, I didn't really give romance and stuff like that as much thought as everyone else did, especially in, like, high school. But pre-gay friendship is really interesting to me because I've only ever been in a relationship before the one I'm in now, and it was the end of high school, like, senior year. It was a girl I'd been friends with for years, she suddenly was into me and I gave her the same thing I gave everyone else of like, no, 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 I don't do relationships. I don't want this. We don't have to do anything. And she was like, let's just do it anyways. And I was like, no, like, I don't think I'm ready. And she was like, okay, if you hate it, we can break up. And I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) And then it ended up being like a great relationship. We like stayed together up until I think like one day at a time came out. Which I think was funny because I never got a chance to be, like, in an openly queer relationship. It was all, like, (laughs) brushed under the rug by the time the show came out. And then literally I came out to the public because, like, I I had, like, an old tweet that said I was gay. Uh (laughs) Yes, I think it's, like, probably one of the gayest things you could ever do that, like, you came out because of Twitter. Yeah, because I I remember exactly when I wrote that tweet, too. I was, like, walking out of my audition for Atypical, and, like, I just knew I crushed it. I was, like, I booked that. I know I did. So I wrote this tweet about, like, everything I do is to get back at the kids in middle school who called me like gay and ugly and they were right um but yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I remember very specifically the motivation behind that tweet so it was funny that like I did end up succeeding that day and then that tweet ended up going Tyler Oakley re-blogged it which I to me like my generation of Tumblr that was like you made it I don't know if he's still I don't know. I was never, like, super into Tumblr, which, you know, is, like, a pretty lesbian thing to do, but... (laughs) Oh, I'm so way too old for Tumblr, but that's okay. That makes sense. I'm the old lady in this conversation right now. (laughs) That's okay, Lee. (laughs) I feel too old for Tumblr now, too. I think I was more just... I was so in Tumblr culture, and then I wasn't. Like, I forgot my password, blah, blah, And then what happened was uh, I booked Runaways... And I realized I had an old Tumblr account where I had said some very controversial things. And the funny thing is, is not controversial, like, in a problematic way, like, in the opposite way. Like, I'd go on rants about, like, this studio needs to hire more people of color. And then I was like, that studio will never work with me. So I had to delete (laughs) my Tumblr account. Like, I would just, like, call people out constantly. Like, I was that person. And I'd call out people by name. So I was like, that person will never work with me. That person will never work with me. So I had to... I had forgotten my password and I stayed up all night before the first wardrobe, like hair and makeup test for runaways, like freaking out about it. 
because I knew the press release was going to be that day. And if you looked up like Ariella Broy or Tumblr, you would find it in two seconds. So <laughs> I stayed up all night. I thought I could handle it by myself. And then my mom came to wake me up in the morning. She was like, you haven't slept. You have your like press release thing today. It's like your first day of work. And I was like, mom, I can't delete my Tumblr account. This help people keep ghosting me. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> so she called AOL to get access into my old, old email we were literally on the phone with the AOL people in the car. I couldn't drive because I was so tired. My dad drove me. I was on the phone guessing every password I could have possibly had, like guessing every oh security question. And literally, I think the second I pulled up to set was when I got access to my account, logged in, deleted the account. And then, that is and amazing. Then, yeah. Do you have one now? Do you have a new one? I do have one now that I I used for season one for Gert. It, I used it as like a journal, like mm-hmm. to be in character. And I followed like feminist blogs. But then season two, she was on the run. So I like stopped using it because she wasn't on Tumblr anymore. You know? It yeah. Just didn't you have make to sense. stay in character. Yeah. Yeah. Even I do Tumblr. find it funny though that a lot of <laughs> celebrities are afraid that they're like problematic old stuff is going to come out. And I'm afraid that my like social justice warrior rants are going to come yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like oh that wouldn't God. be such a bad thing. It wouldn't be the worst wow. it's more just like i at would the burn time, bridges yeah. yeah it was just scary at the time now i'm like now i say that stuff again because like i yeah i understand how the industry works and i don't i don't care about You're a lot like of things above now. it now it's fine. <laughs> yeah i like now if that had happened i'd be like read the read the post i don't care yeah <laughs> now you've Makes made sense. it so let's compare and contrast because you were saying before we got off on a wild tangent yes. about tumblr yes so you were saying that you're a less physical person, mm-hmm. but of course, Carmen and Elena had a pretty, yeah, a, a pretty fairly physical closeness cuddle on sessions, the show, which I think yeah. is what leads to a lot of the, uh, you know, initial questions mm-hmm. in both the viewers' minds and Lydia, Lydia's mind. Yeah, yeah, that's not something I relate to, though. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. Um, like wanting to be close with someone like under the guise of like but friendship, like girl, girlfriends, gal pals. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm so curious because that must have meant because the thing is, I feel like so for me, like my pre-gay friendships, the one that like sticks out the most in terms of like actual pre-gay, like before I came out at all. Yeah. Um, was the girl that was, like, one of my best friends in high school who, like, I totally fell for. Yeah. And, like, that was what led me to realize, like, that I was gay. But it was, like, I think such a huge part of it was that, like, you you know, you were, you were cuddling and you were holding hands and, like, and and slowly realizing, like, oh. Yeah. Oh, this feels... Very different than I think it should. Yeah. yeah. Um, and different than I think it felt for her the, the, yeah. also, right? So what is the what is that awakening like without that? Like, is it just, it's like that emotional connection? Or like, what was it about those relationships that stood out yeah. as opposed to just like regular friendships? Well, so like, I had like those really close female friendships like my whole life. And that was kind of all I had. And then I remembered the one that kind of, like, made me realize, and it was, like, the same year I came out was, like, ninth grade. I had, like, a new friend who I just, like, admired. Like, Mm. I had never had that type of thing. Like, even though I felt myself getting closer to girls than anyone else, there was, like, a girl that I was just kind of, like, obsessed with. 
And we were never really physical, but I remembered, like, we spent every day in summer together, and, like, we were always in her pool, and, like, she was super rich, and she was, like, super hot, and she had this, like, boyfriend who dealed weed, and I hated him, and (laughs) I hated him so much, and he'd always, like, come over with his, like, douchey friends, and his douchey friends would hit on me, and I'd just have no interest at all. So you mostly hated him because you wanted to be him? I also hated him because he was a bad person, (laughs) but, um, but also, like, he was just, he'd come over to, like, flirt with my friend, and I'd be like, we, this is our time, like, why are you doing this? Yeah, he's annoying as hell. (laughs) I remember literally, I sort of had the opposite where like, I, (laughs) I had a boyfriend and there was this one girl who I was like, very, like was my best friend, right? And I was like, I would be like, I'd rather hang out with Megan than like hang out with my boyfriend. (laughs) Was that the prom one? Yes. And I went to prom with her too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remembered, like, like my only real relationship I've been in was with that girl I mentioned. But in, in middle school, there was, like, a guy that I, like, dated. Like, you know, like, you have your middle school boy. Yeah. I mean, we dated, like, middle school, broke up over summer, got back together in high school, broke up. We're both gay now, which I think is hilarious. And he's, like, a producer for, like, Frank Ocean and Tyler, the Creator. And I'm like, okay, whatever, sure, I guess. We should have <laughs> just stayed friends. But. <laughs> yeah. I remembered I always resented having to hang out with him for some reason. Like, I always just really, like, I liked him a lot as a person. And then, like, whenever people would be like, are you guys kissing yet? I would just be like, ew, shut up. Like, <laughs> yep. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was yeah. a lovely person and, like, a, a still a good person. And I'm glad he's discovering his identity and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel we had an episode about gay magnetism, which I feel like is similar to this. Very Whereas, real. All my friends, like, I have, like, two friends that are straight and only one is, like, truly straight, you know? <laughs> but so, you know what's interesting to me, though? Because this... I absolutely gay magnetism and like so so much of my life is gay magnetism. Like actually you were just saying you had the gay gay girls group. Yeah, gay girl gang. Yeah, gay girl gang, yeah. So my best friend in like middle school and high school <laughs> we used to have we used to call ourselves like the future lesbians of America, like before we both came out as like super giant lesbians. Yeah. Which like Ha, like yeah. the why? lack of why? self-awareness. I remember I was joking with my friends before we came out that we were like girlfriends. Like oh, everyone yeah. always yeah, thought yeah. I was dating my friends because I was way We were in GSA yeah. together. We were in like Gay Straight Alliance. We were just like I think the whole thing was we were just like over men already, and so we <laughs> so Doesn't we were kind of long. just like, who needs men? We're just gonna like form the future lesbians of America. Um, and of course, we both ended up being like the biggest lesbians ever. Um, <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. That's not the point. The point (laughs) is, what I think is really interesting, and because it is technically the story that is in One Day at a Time still, is that one half of that equation... I feel like is the part that's like realizing through this relationship that they're coming out. Yeah. But the other half is straight. Right? And like, so what's that about? Because I totally, I totally get the whole like, oh my god, I used to have these super close, intimate, deep, meaningful relationships with like other people and we're all queer now and like we all sort of realize this. But like, what is happening? Because like the girl that I realized this for, right? Like, that pre-gay relationship that I had, we were cuddling. We were mm-hmm. holding hands. And, like, she is straight. Still. Was straight, is straight still. Whoa. Like, right, exactly. So, like, what's the deal? You know what's one thing I've noticed that might be controversial, but this is just personal experience? I feel like at the beginning, when you're, like, first discovering your relationship to girls, there's, like, a part of you that wants to take on, like... I'm speaking personally, so maybe not you guys. But, like, (laughs) there's, like, a part of yourself that wants to take on, like, a more masculine role, in a Mm. way. Like, there's the part of you that does feel like, I'm going to be... I remember the girl that I first realized I had these feelings for was, like, the most feminine, like, delicate flower I could have ever found, you know? Like... She was the hot girl with long hair who wore makeup and, like, bikinis when we'd go to the pool and stuff like that. And I'd be the one in, like, shorts. And and I remembered when I first started dating my ex-girlfriend, she was, like, smaller than me. And so I always kind of felt like the protector. Like, if, if there was going to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I was, like, the boyfriend and slowly over the course of that relationship is when I realized that was, like, all bullshit. Like, uh, and <laughs> there isn't up... actually a boyfriend when two yeah, women are dating. exactly. Fun fact world. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, it's what I want to say, like, I'm speaking very personally because it's, like, there, there's that part of you in your head that is, like, no, yeah, yeah. this is how it's supposed to be. I'll take on this role. I want to find a feminine girl. And then as you, like, actually start experiencing it, you realize, like, no, this is just what it is. And we, and then my ex-girlfriend and I would always joke because she ended up cutting her hair and she wore more pants than me and I'd wear jeans, but I, or I'd wear dresses, but I had, I was the taller one. And like, we'd be like, wait, which one of us? Like, what will they say? <laughs> How will anyone ever know? How will they know? Right. Yeah. We were yeah. always joking, like, because I'd put my arm around her when we were walking around, but she was like, I have short hair. You can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, like, because are you trying to say, like, then that other person in it, like, if they end up being straight is usually because they like because you were like trying to be their boyfriend yeah exactly oh my god I was so trying to be her boyfriend though (laughs) yeah that is the most accurate thing though I was like 100% trying to be her boyfriend. yeah exactly because that's like the dynamic you you learn she was like super into and I helped like get her together with this absolute freaking loser that's always how it is (laughs) <laughs> such a waste it was terrible and right and like i 100 percent. i was like i could be your, i could be your boyfriend i'd Aww, be a way better yeah. boyfriend <laughs> you can be no <laughs> i would have been a way better boyfriend let's just put it that way truly mm, i'm sure um, yeah yep. i could be a better boyfriend than most boyfriends just yeah. i mean it's not a high bar to be fair <laughs> but exactly like, yes. 
I believe it. I, believe I will it. say that my boyfriend is the first, like, straight, like, truly straight guy that, like, is truly non-threatening to me, like, in a relationship kind of way. And it's so funny, like, every once in a while I'll be like, are you sure you're not, like, a little, a little queer? Like... You've never thought about it. And he's just, like, so straight. He's so straight. But you, like, want him to be a little queer? I do. Like, sometimes (laughs) he'll just say things that, like, feel like he read a book that's, like, how to say just the right thing right now. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this isn't real. Like, something is wrong. Like, you're gay or something. I don't know. (laughs) But it's also, I do think there's something, this is, like, a total tangent, but I just think it's worth saying because I feel like it's something that I see so much. And because, like, I think it's, We've talked about it a lot, lot, you know, other podcasts have talked about it a lot, is that, you know, people who are, like, bisexual, pansexual, like, all sorts of stuff, like, they get so much shit when they're in relationships with dudes. But what's funny is, I feel like you never see them dating dudes who aren't, like, just the greatest guys, right? Because it's, like, no queer person has time for, like, a We don't have to put up with the horrible... Like, toxic masculinity bullshit, because if we encounter that, we're like, I can find a girl ten times better, like, (laughs) outside my door right now. Yeah, no, like, it's just so funny. Like, they always end up being, like, the best dudes, and we're like, like, why why would we give people shit for that? Like, you're just finding all the good guys. It's, there they are. Well, it's it's also funny, because it's, like, part of me felt really guilty when I was, like first dating him and like when I first posted a picture of him even though we've been together for a minute after that just because I was like ah like I felt like I had to like prove my queer identity in a way and it was especially weird because it was like my whole life even though I identified as like queer I had only been with a girl like that was it so now that it's the other way but the girl wasn't public it feels like that weird thing of like do I have to prove that and it's just a very strange thing where it's like my whole life only been with a girl, never felt like I had to prove anything first time with a guy. I'm like, oh my god. It's also so funny because I feel like that's so, like, the complete reverse of, like, so many people's lives, yeah. right? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I've just never been in, like, a, a heterosexual looking relationship. I had like, it, <laughs> and it was great, and I felt so healthy. And, like, what will people think? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, she taught me how to communicate, she taught me how to be in a relationship. It was great. <laughs> Because she had that experience where she had, like, been with guys throughout high school and then was like, I don't want this. So then I jumped into it for the first time with her and she was just like, this is how you do everything. I mean, especially, (laughs) like, high school guys, you're just... Yeah. You didn't miss much. Let's put it that way. I don't feel like I did. I never... Well, there is part of me that is, like, there's that queer thing of, like, constantly feeling a little stunted because you didn't get to live that, like high school experience of, like, sweethearts and blah. Instead, it was, like, figuring out, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And then being, like, wait, there's not anything wrong with me. It's just I was in an environment that is that wasn't catering to me. And then you go through the teenage feelings as a 20-something-year-old. You're, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you, like, lo- you lose a little bit of, like, that innocence. Yeah. Like, you don't get that as much. But I do – we've talked about this before, too. Then you, like, pretty much go through gay puberty. Yes, yeah, yeah. in your 20s. <laughs> That's totally it. Yeah. 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 And I, well, I'm like, you both think like came out in high school. Like I did not come out until I was in college and I like had so, the thing is like, I had literally the same experience that you had where you were like one girl at a time, like intimate relationships. I Mm. had that, but like super physical. Yeah. And I still was like, we're just friends. Like everything's like, I think me and one of my friends like kissed once by accident 
quote unquote. Oh, no, I did kiss all my friends. You're yeah. right. And I was like, oh, this is so crazy. I can't believe we did that. And I was like, so st- I'm straight. Or you like at one drink in you at a party. And yeah, like, it was actually after prom. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't like out, out in high school. Like a couple close friends of mine, I told them like, oh, I think I might be like, mm. I don't know, bi or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just I'm figuring it out. And then it wasn't until I like dated the girl that I dated that I was like, okay, no, like, we're okay. sure now. Yeah. What is it that you think was the difference? Like, what was what draws the distinction in your mind between regular friendships that you just had with like your friends versus this pre-gay intense thing? Like, what was the line? Like, what made it different? And do you think it was something that was like an actual line that that like anyone else knew about, or was it just something that was happening like just in your brain? Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know about like other people knew about thing because like. People always thought I was dating my best friends, and... (laughs) Well, you kind of were, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) but I think that's exactly it. Like, you are acting like you're dating just without the label. Like, the hanging out feels like a date. Like, you're with each other constantly. And I feel like that's a thing. Like, in relationships, the person should also feel like they're your best friend. But in a best friendship, they shouldn't necessarily feel like your significant other. (laughs) And that might have been... (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like I need that, like, written down as a a life mantra. Get it on a mug. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing it's so true though yeah but that was exactly it like I I realized it once I was in a relationship and now that I'm in it again like oh yeah this sort of trust and like constant time and affection together is like what a relationship is not necessarily <laughs> oh a wait friendship. this is dating yeah yes. and it's weird because it's like you know that feeling of like when you replace your best friend with your boyfriend or girlfriend or like that's like the fear that's always like shown and it's and it is especially weird when it's like the friendship you're used to is a relationship yes yeah. yes and and also while i was like in these crazy intense friendship relationships with girls it was like weird if if you had like a crush on someone else suddenly like there was something in the friendship that was like not entirely supportive of it <laughs> ever Did you ever feel like you had to break up with your, like, friend? For me, I felt like it was, like, when I I would be, like, so intense with one person. And then once I found, like, another friend that I felt more intense towards, then I would feel like I had to have this weird divide with my other friend. When, like, we weren't dating, but it felt like I was dating this person and then I'm dating this new person. (laughs) And I couldn't be with the other person and the new person. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I had like naturally intense falling outs with these people but like it was never just like you drift apart you know like there was a an end to each one and I can remember them all very distinctly and then a new one would happen right after and I don't ever think I broke up with someone for someone else except maybe ninth grade actually 100% ninth grade yeah no I did that except maybe Uh, that that one time (laughs) you're like actually this one time it was this date actually a year of (laughs) now that I think about it I was trying to get the timelines right I thought I had like had that falling out with that person in eighth grade but now that I think about it it was totally ninth grade um but yeah it was like I had like my childhood best friend that I had forever she's not queer now but we did kind of like just drift apart when I found my, like, sixth grade best friend. She, like, was my one and only. Like, we only hung out with each other. If we hung out with other people, it was with each other. And it was weird if you didn't invite the other person because, like, that person always had to be there. And then that's when I drifted apart with my childhood best friend to be, like, constantly with this girl. 
and then her and I just had a huge falling out. We got into this like crazy fight. And then right after that, I like coincidentally got really close with like a new girl. And then, or they identify as non-binary now. So like a new person. So um, we got really, really close and we were constantly like physical with each other. Not like physical, physical. Like I remember we'd walk down the halls like holding hands being like, oh my God, isn't that funny? And then in ninth grade was when I met the girl that I was like in, like so into and suddenly she became like the obsession and I still had this like best friend who was very clearly getting in the way of me getting close to this girl. So I had to be like, look, like we're not good for each other anymore. Like I think I literally at one point was like, this is toxic. Like just cause that's how intense it was. And then there was like the push and pull of the other person. And so we like broke up. Now we're chill. Mm-hmm. That was kind of me being a brat that caused that riff in that friendship. It was also like we had, we had turned into very different people in high school and it was kind of weird at this point so then I became obsessed with this person then her parents the new person got really mad at me one day I won't say why I did something bad but I did (laughs) that's okay you can tell us off the air it's fine I did something really bad I could tell you if you scratch it okay we're we're gonna cut it but god it was such a juicy story right (laughs) oh my god so you don't believe what she told us (laughs) We had some fun stories that I don't recommend anyone does. The world is so unsafe. Like, I'm surprised <laughs> I'm alive. But, um, yeah, so her parents got really mad at me and, like, didn't let us hang out ever again. And I remembered I'd, like, call her and just be like, hey, like, what's up? What are you doing? Like, how's life? And I remembered when she was, like, falling into, like, a new group of friends. I'd be like, be careful, you know? Like, those people, like, you know, they're gonna they're going to turn you into, like, a party girl and, like be this crazy person which she did kind of end up becoming like now I've I've looked at her Instagram recently and I'm like oh you're so like rich and straight and like hot and now <laughs> you're like very not my hot. type yeah she's hot <laughs> but like it's not like my type anymore I don't think like yeah she's like very conventionally hot and it's mm-hmm. like that's awesome and I'm glad she's living her best life and I support her fully but I don't like clubbing I don't like mm drinking all that stuff we like to keep living our best gay lives that's what we're here for yeah like i'll support her doing her thing but it's very not my thing anymore and i remembered i was very protective over our friendship when she was like moving on with new people i was like what what the fuck's happening and then very shortly after that i realized i was queer yeah yeah i do feel like there is that like intense like intense attachment on both Mm -hmm. sides like because i I have felt that from, like, straight pre-gay people even, mm-hmm. like, some of my friends who are straight, who, like, I was their girlfriend. Yeah. Right? And then, like, we, I actually, this actually happened to me when I came out, and then I actually found a real girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and my other friend who was straight, had no interest in, like, being with me romantically, was so mad that I got a girlfriend. Like, yeah. so <laughs> mad. Because... Whoa. That meant that I wasn't, like, we were, like, every day we would hang out together. We would go to the movies together. Like, I would, like, sleep over. This was in college. So I'd, like, sleep over in her dorm room. Like, she would, like, wait. We'd go to breakfast in the morning. Like, we were together all the time. Yeah. And I think the thing that, like, what I kind of said earlier but, like, really didn't articulate well was um, the idea of, like, when you're in a relationship then, like, ditching them for this person Mm -hmm. um but I feel like most of the time it's like the straight friend who like doesn't fully understand what it was that was going on and then like when the when a relationship starts they're like 
they either leave you or they're like, why are you leaving me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, and that's, so, okay, so my, I had, like, my pre-gay relationship. I want to call them, like, friend relationships. They need, like, a name. Yes. I don't know what yeah. call these. I know. Friendly. My pre-gay, pre-gay friend sounds really, sounds, yeah, but. Friend relationships. But I had what I, so I guess I would call it, like, my post-gay friend relationship of, like, same thing when I was in college. So my ex-girlfriend, like, we dated from high school through college, and when that relationship was kind of, like, ending, there was another girl who lived on my floor who, like, kind of awkwardly, like, landed in the middle of, like, my, like, slowly devolving relationship in ways that, like, I don't think she quite understood, and, like, I'm not sure looking back on it that I understand. But when I started, like, you know, spending a lot of time with Kelsey, who is now my wife, and was trying to explain that to this other girl. And, like, that was... And same thing, like, we would have that kind of, like, we cuddled all the time, and you'd, like, like very, like, physically close relationship. And her response to me telling her that I had feelings for Kelsey was, like, why are you replacing me? And I was, like, wait, like... Oh, so <laughs> she, like, she, she legitimately she said that out loud. <laughs> no, but she... And she was straight and is straight now, and but that was still her response to it in a way that I was like I do, I didn't know what to say then I still don't kind of know what to say now because what's funny is I was like so I was actually still dating someone it was not her <laughs> you know and it's like You're if like, I, I was repl- repl- actually replacing my my ex girlfriend <laughs> if I was replacing anyone like it was just why like where does this fit like that wait a so minute funny. now and I was like now I'm confused like what's happening but I think it was one of those things where it was like. I was being her boyfriend in a lot of ways, you know, where, like, when she needed physical interaction, when she needed, like, that sort of, like, emotional buildup that I think, like, you kind of tend to provide for your friends in some ways (laughs) as queer women, like, I think that's what she was getting out of it, but it was, like, the whole thing was still very strange, because I was just like, wait a minute, like, I, I am dating someone who, like, that is its own whole thing of, like where that's going and what's happening with that as I'm realizing that I, like, have feelings for someone else. And, like, the person I'm replacing is not you. (laughs) I feel like that's such a thing with, like, um, with, like, straight friendships once you're out, though, that I feel like there's a protectiveness there in a new way of, like, oh, but, like, I want you to be available for, like, if I ever want to try it. Like, you know? (laughs) Like, when you get really close to a straight girl and they're like, you'd be the one I'd try it with. And you're like, I'm not even that into you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're like, if it was anyone, it'd be you. Yeah. Or like, or like, they'll be really touchy with you. And like, and you're like, do I don't want to do this with you? Because now this is something I reserve for relationships. I mean, like, to an extent, I'll still do it with my friends until like, it starts getting intense. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know what this is. Like... Let's not do this. Well, and I wonder if what was different for me was that, like, there wasn't that sort of a track. You know, like, I feel like a lot of this, the the pre-gay friend relationship thing... I think the underlying thing is you are attracted to that yeah. person, right? Yes. Like whether you're whether you're acting on it or aware of it or like honest with yourself about it or not. I didn't have that in this relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Like I think to me like we were really good friends and like we were really good friends who cuddled a lot, but like there wasn't that attraction on my side and so I think that's why it like 
totally took me by surprise. And for a long time, like, I did try to decide, like, do I think that she was sort of toying with, like, am I open to this? Would I be into this? Or not? I still don't know. I mean, she's never had any relationships with women that I know of at all, so I don't know. But I wonder if there was, like, that kind of, like, meh, thinking about it. And, like, there was definitely, like, the jealousy side of, like, something on her side, you know? This is not even trying to be, like, straight girls like like attention, but (laughs) it is about attention. Like, everyone likes attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, then, like, you were giving them all this attention, and now you're not. Like, no matter who you are, like, yeah, you feel that, like, lack of attention after you had it, like, so much. And we give so much attention. Like, <laughs> it's like you literally are, like, reserved for one human being and, like, everything you ever have is, in is like, going there. Yeah. So then when you go to, the ne- like, the next, it's like you don't have, like, enough to split. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny now that we're talking about it. Because it's funny because this isn't something I'd thought about before this. So this a little bit feels like therapy. But I am realizing that, like, the more intense ones where I was touchier and, like, more physical was, like, the ones I was attracted to. And the ones that were shorter, not as intense. Especially because everyone ended up being queer. Like, I was their pre-gay relationship. But, like, (laughs) they weren't necessarily mine. And that's where the rift was. Like... Yeah, Yeah. I remember that feeling so clearly and like feeling that weird resentment of like, I'm not for you to figure this out with like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I have some straight friends now who I'm like 99% sure aren't straight Mm. and I can tell they want that like pre-gay relationship with me, but I'm like, look, I'm out. Like I figured it out. You gotta figure (laughs) this out. (laughs) I'm not gonna be that for you just, just (laughs) so you can try it, you know? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. They need to find another pre-gay. I had to kind of distance myself from someone I had been, like, getting pretty close to because I realized that was what they were doing because they kept going to parties I was at and getting drunk and hooking up with girls and, like, getting really intense about it mm. and, like, hooking up with, like, my friends and stuff mm. at things. And I, yeah, after a while I had to be like, we're not, we're not close can't. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Is it bad, Ellie, if I desperately just want to end this with, like, a pre-gay friend relationships? Should have been gay. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you're right. It's true. Pre-gay relationships should have been gay. gay. Yeah, that's great. But they weren't. (laughs) Oh, but they should have been. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be an episode that so many people, so many people relate to. I didn't even realize how much I related to it till we were talking about it. It was a funny thing. Like, when I was thinking about it before this, I was like... I don't even really think, like, I guess I did have a lot of really intense relationships with girls, but, like, I wasn't even really, and now I'm like, oh, my God, because as you say things, I relate to it, and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Yep. Yep. (laughs) This is literally why Ellie and I started a podcast, is because we would do this all the time. We would, like, get into these conversations, and then, like, an hour later, we'd be like, oh, my God, I just, I didn't even know. And it's, we still do that. It's, like, the most accurate thing. Like, we... We're like, maybe this topic would be good. And yeah. Then, yeah. Even then, we'll, yeah, we do that all the time where it's like, well, I guess we could talk about this. That sounds like a thing. And then you get into it and we're like, okay, an hour and a half later, I have a <laughs> lot of feelings about this. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I'm going to like, it's especially been funny because like going to Clexicon and stuff for the first time and like being a part of this like identity in this like group is like really great. And it's also the first time I've had a boyfriend. So I'm like going to him <laughs> being like, whoa, <laughs> I had thought about this or tried this or th- and he's like okay 
<laughs> He's like, I can't do much for you about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, having fine. a boyfriend does not make you not queer. And yeah. it is being in a space <laughs> with just like that many queer people is. I mean, it was great. Yeah. A whole yeah. experience. Like, Ellie and I, we went to get dinner one night and we walked over to Shake Shack. Yeah. I wanted to go to Shake Shack. We walked over to Shake Shack and you walk in and you're just like, what is happening? Why are there so many straight dudes around? And like, where am I? Yeah, I, got, I was so disoriented. It's like a trip. It's so different to all of a sudden just not be surrounded by, like, all queer people all the time. Yeah. No, coming back to L.A. was weird, and, like, seeing my boyfriend after was weird. But, it, I mean, like, he's great, and I love him, and he's the best, but it is, like... Yeah. yeah. It is so funny, like, dealing with these two identities that, like, coexist somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. That's not the topic of this, though. <laughs> but it's okay. We can still talk about it. Cool. And we get it. We get it. And we totally we're going to delve into that in our next therapy session. Cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. I'll pay you guys hourly to just come on this podcast. Perfect. Excellent. Yes. Fantastic. I'm so down. So we have to ask, before we, uh, before we wrap up, because we know you've been doing some readings leading into the next season of Runways... So, no spoilers, but what can what can we look forward to Ooh. this next season? Um, I think there's going to be a lot more to see of Gert's powers. I think that has mm-hmm. been pretty unexplored up until now. What can I say without spoilers? I think we're diving into the world. I think we're diving into the world of the superheroes and stuff in a cool nice. way this year. Yeah, Very like cool. world building is happening and we're learning the lore and yes. Cool. And Gert might come out. Who knows? <laughs> oh, in my dreams. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, I don't know, make a I don't petition. know how much identity exploration can happen when you're trapped with your father. Um, yeah. So might, Maybe might not. take a minute. But just with that season two cliffhanger, I can't imagine it. It happens quickly. If it a girl can dream, Ariella. A girl can dream. <laughs> a girl can't dream. I've been saying it in every interview. Like, Victoria Mancha instead of Victor Mancha, played by Isabella Gomez. Oh my god. <laughs> That's uh, speaking yes. of, your fave and ours, Isabella. Yeah. You recently had your... Is it is it your actual like first directorial yeah, yeah. debut that was my first... with, with Isabella in the short film? Yep. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How do I even explain it? It's cool that I don't have to worry about spoilers because it's a short film. <laughs> but it's like kind of about... Um, like the premise is like a, there's a cult of teenage girls at a school and they are like inducting their newest member the lead girl edith but it's like kind of a metaphor for my experiences and a lot of like i don't know for lack of better words like quote unquote like female spaces and like the way that intensity can be like especially like feminist spaces that are like very rich white powerful ladies and, like, the way capitalism has kind of, like, warped it and sold it back to us in, like, a freaky way. I wrote it when I was 17, and then, like, well, it wasn't what it was now. It was, like, just (laughs) kind of about a cult in a high school, and they, it went through, like, a million different revisions, and then it wasn't until, like, early 2018 I had a couple experiences in, like, activist feminist spaces where it felt totally disingenuous and, like, really terrible and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that was what I wanted the short to be about. 
Cool. So it was fun. And I cast everyone kind of against type on purpose. So Isabel is going to play a very unlikable character. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no. sorry. <laughs> no, it's but okay. But also it was like, because her character is like, you know, unlikable in this kind of setting is going to be like a bit of a problematic person, which is why I kind of wanted someone like Isabella who's like very aware and like not actually going to be shitty on set, you know? <laughs> yeah. When is this coming out? Like, how can people see it? I mean, we're submitting to festivals and stuff, so that's the ideal. Like, whatever festival it gets into, I will definitely be announcing. Yeah, we're just kind of starting the editing process. But it's going to be cool. It's kind of scary to put something like this out into the world because, like, I go into it with good intentions, but it's also like, you know, we're critiquing mainstream culture in a way, and that Mm. can be interpreted a million different ways, and that's something we just kind of have to do. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, lots of feelings. Is it timely? Oh, I think it might be time. All right. Um, It's it's time if you're ready, Ariella. Oh, yeah. Okay, our last segment, it's one of our faves. It's called Q and Gay. Q and Gay. And we have some simple multiple choice or yes or no questions that we will ask you. Most of them I think we've probably already covered, but then we also put them up on our Twitter and our listeners can answer. Question one, have you ever had a friendship that felt like a relationship? Yes or no? Yes. Two, did people say that you were gay before you came out? Yes Yes. or no? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Same. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) Number three, who was your celebrity girl crush? Uh, And of course, we had to pick from some options since you couldn't remember yours. So we have Kara Knightley, Uh Kate Winslet, or Minnie Driver. (laughs) I can't say any of them. (laughs) Maybe maybe Kate Winslet of the the three if I had to pick one. All right. Okay. Was Wait, now your... I really want to remember. I'll keep racking my brain as we do. Yes, <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out. Okay, yeah. number four. Was your pre-gay relationship more physical or more emotional? Uh, the latter. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's multiple choice or Both. like okay, all cool. of the above. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the last one. I'm very excited to hear what our listeners have to say about this. But for the for the official Q and Gay answer, uh, Ariella, did you have a gay girl gang? Yes. <laughs> yes uh i love it so much i also just love like how much more aware uh like high schoolers are these days than like these days lee i think i was way cooler as a high schooler whippersnappers with their (laughs) sexualities yeah my friend group in high school was so incredibly cool at a certain point like as we when we identified as that it was yeah. awesome. Where can our listeners find you online, Ariella? I think I'm at Ariella Brer on everything. Perfect. Yeah. Marvel like changed it for us when the show came out. <laughs> nice. It really did. That I got an email being like, "Do you want us to change your social media handles?" And before I answered yes, it was changed. That's wow. crazy. <laughs> That's insane. They were like, "It has to be your name." Like, so you can find Ariella. <laughs> you can find her on next season of runaways you'll find whenever we hear more about jelly yes right and you'll be doing an instagram story takeover this week so keep an eye out for details on that thank you so much for joining us this was amazing yeah it was really fun let me hear you say hip 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 hip, 
We love building this community. We love hearing from all of you. And so we just like to take an opportunity every episode to shout out some of our favorite things lately. And one of my favorite things, we get a lot of it, we get a lot of Instagram messages and I love hearing from all of you. So please keep sending them. I want to shout out Super Sappho. Number one shout out amazing Instagram handle. Love it. Love it so much. And I told them that, but they specifically reached out on Instagram to ask if we've seen Gentleman Jack. Wanted to let you know, I have seen Gentleman Jack. Have you seen Gentleman Jack yet, Lee? It's all recorded. I'm getting there. Good. It's so great. And we are on it. Do not worry. We are gobbling up that gay content. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of gay content, you know that we love our queer podcasts so much and we want to shout out a new one that we have just started listening to it is called the gaily prophet i love it they're doing a gay recap of the harry potter books it's fantastic they do it in the style of a newspaper which you know as the daily prophet is so it's kind of great they just have you know they'll do different newspaper sections like the headlines for every they do it i think it's a chapter at a time it's great if you you know are into like queer things and harry potter which i mean maybe one or two of you are yeah we know a lot of you are into it That was one of our most popular episodes to date. (laughs) All of you gay (laughs) Harry Potter fans, we love you. Amazing. So yeah, I would check them out. Gay the Prophets. It's worth 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 a try, you know? It was fun. It's it's a good time. So there you go. More queer content, more queer podcasts. We're all about it. Yes. And of course we have to thank our top tier lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, and Mark Foster. Thank you all so much. We could not do this without you. I can't believe how long that list gets every time we read it. It's amazing. It You're is all amazing. amazing. It You're is great. Amazing. We love you. Remember, you can find us on all the social medias on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. Or you can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you'll be the first to know when we get new episodes. We are also posting new videos on our YouTube channel every other Thursday, so make sure that you subscribe at youtube.com slash lesshangoutpod. And if you want to support the podcast, a completely free way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast, and we love reading what you have to say. If you want to join our Patreon family, you can get all sorts of cool perks. You can join our Facebook group. We have different chats going. You can get ad-free episodes. You get merch discount codes. You get so many cool things, I can't even remember them all. And you get our eternal undying love and gratitude. So just saying, you could do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. That was beautiful, Lee. I think I want to become a patron now. (laughs) I think you should. Amazing. Why don't you support us? I know. What have I I been doing this whole time? If you want some of our merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash lesshop. Pride is upon us. We are so excited. Next week (laughs) is officially Pride Month, and you know you need to rock some Les Hangout gear at whatever Pride Parade you attend, or even if you're just enjoying Pride from the comfort of your own living room. And you can do that at bit.ly slash lesshop. We are also collecting donations for the Trevor Project. You can donate to that at bit.ly slash lestrevor. If you want to find us individually, you can follow me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.